I was working in the lab late one night <laughs> when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. <laughs> this is the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. Two are gonna take us on a trip so far from here. From boring mediocrity to dominance so near. You know why? Cause we've waited so long. Since Marino, we've waited so long. Seven and nine for so long. Dolphins waited so long. And now we've got a two a ticket to paradise. Won't you grab a mask and believe tonight with our two a ticket to paradise with our to a ticket to paradise. We've waited so long. This is Marino. We've waited so long. Seven and nine for so long. Waited so long. And now we've got a two a ticket to paradise. Won't you grab a mask and we'll leave tonight with our two a ticket to paradise with our to a ticket to paradise. Woo! All right, all right, all right, woo! Let's go. <laughs> hey, hey, everybody. Man, have you picked a great time to drop by a Miami podcast because Miami is surfing the wave. Miami is riding high in sports right now. Welcome, everybody, to the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody and Chris Cody. And by the way, we're presented by Simply Healthcare. And, uh, we're healthier than we've ever been in Miami sports right now, I'll tell you that. Because, look at the Heat just made the NBA Finals. The Marlins just made their first playoff in 17 years. And now the Dolphins are back. Uh. Oh, I, I mean, I didn't even mention UM football is like 12th in the country right now, riding high. But how about those Dolphins? Seriously. I just uh, got to say, how about those Dolphins? I don't know what to feel right now. Is this real? Um Tua wasn't even the story. Like, the no, de- is our defense good? Like, is this a thing? I have so many thoughts. Go ahead. This is crazy. It's such a it, good time. It was a crazy result. It, it was a crazy way to get to that result because basically right now what we're doing is we're throwing a party and we're cheering uh, one of the worst offensive performances uh, in recent Dolphins history. I mean, they I think they had less than 200 yards total offense. Tua – Tagovailoa, the uh, rookie quarterback out of Alabama, making his first NFL start, didn't have to do much. I mean, the, he didn't lead the team. The team carried him, which was fine this Sunday. If we're going to get to the the, the sobering uh, reality type stuff right away and just sort of get that out of the way, we're going to say that obviously we're going to need much more from Tua moving forward, that he didn't have to do anything because of the, the big plays by the defense. But bottom line, the Dolphins have now had five very good games in a row. They've won four of the last five. The only loss was to a then unbeaten Seattle and MVP front runner uh, Russell Wilson. I mean, this is a team on a nice roll right now. They're two and one against, I think, the best division in football, right? The NFC West. Yeah. You beat the 49ers and the Rams, and you play the, the Seahawks tight. 
I couldn't believe the pressure they were getting on Jared Goff yesterday. I think it's nice to see Byron Jones and Xavier Howard both healthy and like shutting down. It gives the front seven such a luxury to be able to blitz when you know you have yes. Byron Jones and Xavier Howard healthy locking down the receivers. So it's just it's crazy to me that after Tua's first start, the defense could steal the show so much. I can't think of a more impressive performance from a Dolphins defense in recent history. Like that stretch in the second quarter was insane. You're right. I mean, boom, 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 like three gigantic plays in a row. Not even my wife, who my wife, who's not even a Dolphins fan was just like doing laundry in the other room and just listening to the announcer for like the third time in eight minutes be like, the Dolphins are returning it for a touchdown. She's just like, what is happening right now? And I'm like, I have no idea. It was insane. I'm like, is this real life? I mean, man, if you're a Dolphin fan, you were just eating up what just happened. Uh, because, the, you know, the Rams are a very good team. And, and the Dolphins defense made Jared Goff just had a com- have a complete nightmare. I know his, his total stats probably ended up being good because he threw like 115 passes. But the Dolphins completely dominated defensively. And, and they made it just a, a, a gentle, easy ride. For Tua, the rookie quarterback, he didn't have to do anything. What did he throw, 20 passes complete for like 70 yards or something? I mean, he's, his stats were so modest. I will, I will say, though, like as much as you want to be like, we need more from Tua, he's so accurate. Like, the, he, you – what are you getting, a little phone call here? A little mid-pod phone call? What is that? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I honestly have no idea what what just happened. That's happened to me before where like I'm about to go on air at home and like my some like random pop up on my computer just starts playing. It's like what? I know. Yeah, it's, it's like ridiculous. Where were we? <laughs> I was saying how I that, that Tua I know he wasn't impressive, but for me like no doll fan is like being like up oh, I'm punting on Tua. Like he he obviously you could see it was his first game. Like give the guy like you know, a chance right. against a really good defense. Like in hindsight, when they win the game, you look at that first play against Aero Donald. And it's like, it's one of those things, like as a parent, when you look back and you think about the, your son spilling paint all over your car, it's something you look back and you laugh at. Like now as Dolphins, we can look back at that play and we can laugh at it. Like, oh, your first play, you fumbled. It's cute. They ended up right. winning. But there were signs of accuracy to a, like there were like three or four throws where you're just like, there he is. That's, that's, that's our future right there. Like, I feel yeah. good as a Dolphin. Right. And that's what you expect from him first and foremost is accuracy. Um, yeah, you're a, you're, you're a mean-spirited Dolphin if today you're going, ah, Tua sucked. I mean, you have to give him a lot of slack. They were playing a very good defense. In Aaron Donald, they were playing arguably the most uh, pocket-crashing defender uh, in, in recent history. I did get that text from one of my friends, by the way. I won't sell him out by naming him Kyle Davis, but I did get a text from one of my friends after the first drive saying he sucks, trade him. I think he was joking. I don't think I responded to the text, so I'm, I'm throwing him under the bus here. I think he might have been joking, but I did get one of those texts today. You know, the, the weird thing is uh, because of the circumstance of the game, because of the Dolphins dominating on defense, um, we didn't get a chance to learn that much about Tua. We didn't, and, and that's still to come. But I thought it was an encouraging debut performance by him because of what he was surrounded with. The story of this season is the Dolphins' defense. They were third in the league in scoring defense entering this game, uh, giving up uh, right around 18 points a game, so they were on point 
in giving up 17 to the Rams. This has turned into a, a very good defense so far, or, or at the very least, a hugely improved defense over last season. I think they still have work to do on offense. They don't have much of a running game. Uh, they need a, a, another good offensive lineman. But um, defensive strides have been enormous this season. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. I, I think it's a, a nice time to be a Dolphin fan, which I haven't been able to say much in the last 20 years. We were on a group text during the Dolphin game, and the attitude of Dolphin fans are like, wow, is this real? Is it actually happening? Are we actually good? You know, even in the midst of, you know, not needing much from Tua uh, in this game, uh, the, the feeling of Dolphin fans right now is hard to describe because it's been a long time coming. I mean, this has been like, 20 years waiting for the Dolphins to be just damn relevant again. All right, everybody, we got a big show. We're not just Tua Talk and Dolphin Talk right here, even though that's dominating South Florida at the moment. But uh, we got a big show ahead. We got um, the return of, of an occasional bit, uh, Greg's Top 10. A real original bit by us. Greg's Top 10. I think we invented that, didn't we? <laughs> uh, and, and of course, there's another, <laughs> another Mount Greg Moore, the R's, the, the major consonant. The R's, so that's coming up. But uh, you know what? I have to. Hey, I, I, I'm not bragging, but as you know, I'm the singing sports writer. Uh, coming out of retirement today, I'm the inventor of song. I invented the song on the Levitard show on ESPN Radio, and so this is uh, earlier today. We debuted the world premiere of my Tua Ticket to Paradise song. I got to hear that again. I'm sorry. I, I just got to snap my my podcast uh, king. Fingers and uh, and that is good. Feet. I have to admit, you did decent. Two are gonna take us on a trip so far from here. From boring mediocrity to dominance so near. You know why? Because we've waited so long. Since Marino, we've waited so long. Seven and nine for so long. Waited so long. And now we've got a two a ticket to paradise. Won't you? Yes. Yes. Here we go. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? It's a beautiful thing. People said I lost it. People said, whatever happened to the singing sports writer? Granted, his voice went to went to crap, but still, I've got it. I'm coming back. Tua, Ticket to Paradise, it's moving I, up the charts. With I, a feel, I feel like your voice deteriorating kind of has given you a, an old soulful voice now. I thank you for that. I am, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think that's exactly right. You know, I can't hit the, the high octave anymore, but uh, some of those guttural sounds are working for me. So uh, anyway, thank you all for uh, enjoying that song, even if you didn't. And now we're back with a recurring theme uh, we haven't done this in a while. It's a segment called Greg's Top Ten, and this is the Halloween edition. Greg's Top Ten. Ten. Greg's Top Ten. 
All right. We haven't done this in a while. I'm excited to bring it back. It's Greg's Top 10. This is the Halloween edition. Greg's Top 10 Favorite Things About Halloween. Number 10. Attention to the calendar. There's a house a couple of streets from me that puts up Halloween decorations around early August. And I'm talking about lavish, huge, all over the yard decorations. Tim Legler-esque in magnitude. This is a great week, the week of Halloween. It isn't so great to have a, a drive-by for three straight months. Come on, man, respect the calendar. If your spooky stuff is up before October 1st at the earliest, you may want to consult a therapist. Wait, 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 wait. So we're doing a top 10 list of your favorite things about Halloween, and the first one is just you ranting against your neighbors for having Halloween decorations? Well, um, uh, you, you could put it like that, but I like to think of it as me crediting people who respect the calendar and don't put up their decorations until the week of so Greg, what is the proper date for everyone to know Greg Cody's rules? Like, when is the day I'm allowed to put up Halloween decorations? Well, one week early is the actuality of it. But I give you a little grace period and say 10 days early. One week? Wow, that's terrible. Okay, moving yeah. on. Okay. Good start. Number nine, pumpkin seeds. One benefit of buying real pumpkins is the jackpot of seeds inside. Hundreds in the large gourd. Making a snack of these seeds takes some effort, gets messy, and it's worth it. Remove and clean the seeds, separate them from the stringy pulp, rinse in cold water. Once they've air dried, moisten them in olive oil, generously salt them. You dig other spices like Cajun or barbecue, go for it. Spread them on a baking sheet, pop them into a 300 degree oven for around 20 minutes and mmm, you've just made yourself a tasty crunchy snack that'll last for days. Those are good, I will admit. That's way yeah, too my... much work though. As somebody who just carved a pumpkin, like I, I threw out all the seeds. Like I know ah. I could have done that, but like it's just too much work. That's a crime against nature, throwing out pumpkin seeds. Number eight, simplicity. When I was a kid, trick-or-treating age, we didn't have much money, so I'd typically go out as a hobo in a homemade outfit that consisted of baggy old clothes from my dad, a frumpy fedora, charcoal makeup, and a bindle staff, AKA a hobo stick. To this day, I appreciate the kid who comes to my door in a homemade getup more than I do the one in an expensive outfit right out of Party City. I feel like this is you just rehashing all your back in my days. Like, like Number this, is seven. To, this is supposed to be your favorite things about Halloween. You're just ranting. Now kids can't have cool costumes because Greg Cody didn't in the 60s. Number seven, <laughs> a horse's head. <laughs> I, I prefer animal head masks. Ugh. You can have the Star Wars helmet, the scary movie mask, the witch mask, the Disney character. Give me a realistic looking horse's head. There is nothing better for me than looking out my window and seeing a horse walking upright on its hind legs. <laughs> Number six, discontinued candies. It is 1965 and from the heavy pillowcase I've been carrying onto the kitchen table at 1440, I spilled the treasure of my night's work. I think back to all of the types of candy I'd see that do not exist anymore. Brock's root beer barrels, chiclets, fizzers, chocolate covered Mary Jane's, payday bars, Reggie bars. I'll give you three Snickers bars for one roll of extinct Necco wafers. I appreciate all the effort you put into this bit, this top 10 bringing it back. It's very clear that you're reading every single one, but it's very, I appreciate the effort that you made. Number five. <laughs> The Monster Mash. Oh, the there song? Been, That's a classic. That's a classic. There have been lots of Halloween-themed novelty songs over time, but none to equal the 1962 gem by Bobby Boris Pickett. 
and the Crypt Kickers. I was working in the lab late one night <laughs> when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. <laughs> Pickett is imitating the actor Boris Karloff. And here's a little known fact. The distinctive piano on that record was played by the late, great Leon Russell. The Monster Mash. Indeed. What a great song. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to play that right after this podcast. It really is. It, that's one of the few songs, not few, but like it's such an old time song because it, it makes you want to do the twist. Right. Like not, not many songs nowadays like give off like you want to do the twist. And it owns Halloween. When you think about what's a, what's a famous Halloween song, that's it. I don't know what second place is. That's true. Number four, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just the candy. Oh, oh, man. Look, I have a sweet tooth, okay? And the play around Halloween every year is to buy way more candy than we know we'll have to give out so we can eat it. My favorites include Skittles, Baby Ruth, Sweet Tarts, Almond Joy, and Raisinets. But nothing makes my mouth water like Reese's Cups. The perfect combo of flavors, simply the perfect candy. I love, obviously, a good Reese's peanut butter cup. They're amazing. But when you just said that, it made me think back to the ad campaign that they had years and years ago. Like when I was a kid, there's no wrong way to eat a Reese's. And it would just have different different people like, you know, like eating it, like as if there's different ways. Like I I thought that was a terrible ad campaign because everybody eats these the same way. You just take a bite of it. Like I get them trying to be like, you know, get people to like eat them differently. But I mean, am I wrong? You just eat them. Like, do you have an interesting way of eating those? No, no one does. Well, I will say this. At times, if I'm in the mood, I will eat uh, the bottom and and leave. You know how the the shell on the the chocolate shell on the top is the thickest. Mm, And so I I will eat. I will try to eat all the peanut butter from the bottom up and then leave just that wafer of of thick chocolate shell occasionally. But your point is well taken. Maybe. So you number. So you get in there. I do. (laughs) Number three, pumpkin authenticity. Look. I really appreciate when people give due respect to that glorious cultivar of winter squash, the pumpkin, by taking a knife to carefully hand carve. Oh my God! This is just another. This is just another one of your back in my days. (laughs) I SMH when I see a plastic or foam fake pumpkin with machine-stamped faces. It's an affront. Real pumpkins, please. I, I take back what I said about giving you credit for working on this and putting extra effort in. This is just your favorite candy and you ranting against things on Halloween. Is there anything okay. actually happy other than nice pieces of candy? Thank you for- Actually um, the Monster Mash, that was fun. Okay, okay. so the Monster Th- Mash. Thank you for relentlessly criticizing this top 10 throughout. Number two, the sound at the door. I need to hear a chorus of young voices singing, trick or treat. If it's just a knock on the door or a doorbell and then nothing, no, youngins, that ain't gonna cut it. I gotta have a trick or treat. Okay. <laughs> More ranting. Hey, number one. More ranting. Number one, my favorite thing about Halloween, my granddaughter. Chris's two year old, the constant beacon of joy in my life. She could wear a burlap sack and look adorable. But when she's dressed up for Halloween, and and this time it was as Elsa from Frozen. The heart melts and spirits soar. It is why the holiday exists. Wow. See, now there you go. That was nice. I appreciate okay. that. Like, look Thank at you. you. You finally had one. See, even Graceland like that one. I know. Uh, she's... 
<laughs> okay, I don't know what that sound was. <laughs> but she's but like it's just funny that we finally got some positivity from you on this list. So thank yes. you. Well, ha- you know, having said that, uh, Grayson has about another ten or eleven good years of trick or treating, and and then she got to cut it off because one thing I hate. Oh my god! Kids who, is when kids who are too old come to my door. Okay. Are you Look, serious? If, if you're a teenager. You know, not even dress, not even made, made the effort to dress up. Don't come and knocking at my door. You know, when, when when the when the young boys. Wait a minute! Sing, you wait a minute. One of your things, number seven, was be a hobo. That's a like hobo, right. the thir- thirteen-year-old kid who doesn't want to be dressed up anymore. Just dresses up like a hobo and he goes to a door. Like you just like that's you're you're talking out of both sides of your mouth now. You want well, them look, to be a hobo, which is lo- little effort. But you say if you, someone shows up at your door with little effort, you don't respect that. We're talking about age group now. We're not talking about hobos. We're talking about age group. I don't want, you know, a, a kid who shaved. If, if you're shaving, uh, if you're 18 years old and, and you shaved earlier this morning, you're too old to be trick-or-treating. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Right? I was, when you said the whole hobo costume, I imagine that's you as a 14-year-old able to dress yourself. Because when you're six, seven, and eight, you know, your parents are mainly in charge of your costume. So like I was thinking when you say the hobo costume, I'm envisioning that age group that you're r- ranting against right now. No, I'm talking about, I, I, I hoboed uh, probably until age 12 or 13 and then that was about it. Of course, I always looked younger than I was because when I graduated from high school, I weighed like 90 pounds, but that's a whole <laughs> different story. All right, that was Greg's top 10. Welcome back, Greg's top 10. Uh, been a while. And now coming up next, you know it, Mount Gregmore. Time once again for the latest installment of the history-making Mount Gregmore name game. We survived the cues last week. Now it's on to the R's. Are we in the fourth quarter yet? Um, we're probably late in the third. Uh, you know, oh, God, for the love of God, can we, get, we need to run the ball a little more. This has gone on a while, this alphabet, this Mount Gregmore name game. Look, I know in our alphabet the vowels get all the credit, but this is a major letter. One of the mother consonants are... Do the, do the vowels get all the credit? Oh, yeah, I think they do. Yeah, but, you know, this R is a mother consonant. It's a big one. Each week, we give you the top five first names of a letter based on U.S. government top 100 records over the past century. Then we give you the Mount Gregmore of the number one name. So, the top five R names. Number five, Rebecca. Number four, Ryan. Number three, Ronald. Number two, Richard, Uncle Dick Cody, and the number one R name, it's the third most popular name of all names, Robert. Oh. You know the drill by now. Roberts only, please. No Bobs, sorry Marley and Dylan. No Robs, Robbies, or Robertos either. Wait, but if like somebody's name is Robert, but they go by Bob, why can't they be on the Mount Gregmore of Roberts? Well, because those are two different names. In other words, somewhere on the list is the name Bob. You know, some people's given name is Bob. And and not all Bobs uh, are created equal. I don't know how if, um, if, if. <laughs> <laughs> So, first, our honorable mention. And you know we like to go a little bit off the wall with our HMs. He is famed <laughs> in English folklore. An archer and a swordsman par excellence. He's Robert Huntington. But you may know him better by his nickname, Robin Hood. I was going to say. All right, good. Robin Hood's fine. And number five, he was a Scottish novelist and poet of the late 1800s. 
packed quite a lot into a short 44-year life, ended by a cerebral hemorrhage as he opened a bottle of wine. Probably best known for writing Treasure Island and the timeless Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, of course, Robert Louis Stevenson. Number four, he's an English singer, songwriter, and musician. Best known as the lead vocalist and lyricist for a fairly popular little band called Led Zeppelin. It's Robert Plant. Solid. Number three, he is one of the most iconic and best known military generals in US history. Known as a skilled tactician, even though he is most remembered for a crushing defeat in the Battle of Gettysburg. He commanded the losing Confederate States Army in the American Civil War, did Robert E. Lee. God, like I get it that these are all very high-ranking Roberts. But like, Thank you. give me some entertainment value here. Like, what, like, I'm just sitting here like, yeah, author of Dr. Jekyll, Robert E. Lee, of course, you know who that is. Like, like, I'm not like, I'm, make me feel something. Like, make me laugh. Man, are you a complainer? You are, you complain relentlessly. I'm, I'm half serious here. I'm, I'm being serious. You complain too much. I mean, it's like throughout, nothing but criticism and, and fault. I mean, that's not I think true. It's, it's discouraging to me to be doing the, I put a lot of effort into these and you're like, this is boring, make me laugh. I mean, I mean, but you need to like, also like I'm the voice of like the young fan and like, I- Okay, and I need that. Just temper a little bit. I mean, okay. it doesn't have to be after every single one, you don't have to have a negative comment. I didn't. I mean, I, I was when you brought up the Monster Mash song. I was enjoying that. The the, the rock guy, the guy who's number four. I was like solid. Like okay, you, you you came out like you have so many Roberts to choose from, and you chose a like a Robert that nobody's heard of because he wrote Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Like I I just I'm being honest with my reaction to when you have all these Roberts to choose from, and it's just like who's this? Oh, he wrote a book that. Okay, Doctor. Okay. And that's part of your charm is you pick these obscure things. Right. But it's also exactly. funny to like have like. Okay. That's I'm fine. just like, I'm not trying okay. to be overly critical. I'm just kind of reacting the way I'm like, I'm sorry. Okay, understood. That's fine. And by the way, part of this, whether you like it or not, uh, part of what I'm trying to do here is be educational. Right. And be interesting on sort of a cerebral level. Which is, no, I like it. Okay, we ended with number three. Let's 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 continue. Number two, an American actor of huge renown. Two Academy Awards, a Golden Globe, the Cecil B. DeMille Award, a Screen Actors Guild Lifetime Achievement Award, the Kennedy Center honors a Presidential Medal of Freedom. He was in The Godfather 2, Taxi Driver, The Deer Hunter, Raging Bull, The King of Comedy, Goodfellas, and yes, Meet the Parents. The one and only Robert De Niro. See, that's a good one. See, remember last week you didn't even, you couldn't even remember what Meet the Parents was called. We'll <laughs> call true. back to last week. That's true, I thought it was, uh, what did I call it, Parenthood? <laughs> um, and now, number one, ah, uh, what might have been. He was a former U.S. Attorney General who busted up organized crime and was a champion of civil rights in the early 60s. He was a New York Senator running for president when at age 42, he was assassinated. Not quite five years after his brother had met the same terrible fate. Robert F. Kennedy. Had to be. I mean, there were some monsters. Uh, Robert Duvall, yeah. the famous actor. Robert's a big, yeah, you're right. I mean, I had the, that, that's when you know you have a grade A name is when you could you could have a top, a Mount Gregmore of 
the ones who didn't make it and it would be a good list. Yeah. Um, but there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the award-winning name game R's. Another major consonant is on deck who will reign among the mighty S's. Stay tuned. S's should be strong, I feel like. Yeah, S's are strong. Although the winning S name would have ranked third among the R's. What an obscure stat. I know. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. I, uh, I feel like I've done enough damage to my reputation this episode because I, I feel like in our raw, uncut argument during uh, the Mount Gregmore segment, I feel like you came out looking better than I did. We already recorded that and I edited it. So like, you know, after further review, I feel like I, I came out looking poor there and I, and I probably was a little overly negative today. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> on the back end, thank you for uh, making me look good for a change. But seriously, um, <laughs> we've, had a, <laughs> we've had a great show. We want to thank all of you uh, passengers aboard the Tua train today because we went heavy on, on the Dolphins and Tua's uh, historic NFL starting debut. But thank you all every week, listeners. Um, it's such a joy for us that, that you come back each and every week and bring your two ears with you. And uh, we thank you. Continue to listen, subscribe, rate, and review. It means a lot to us, and it keeps us coming back every week. So we'll see you all next week. Thanks again. It brings us so much joy when we're not arguing with each other and really annoyed with each other. It really does. I'm sorry. That's okay. I love you anyway. I love you. Love you, kid. That was weird. This was too sappy. Yeah. Your voice sounds like It really does. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.